Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schubert, floating around producing this thing. We're all from the Draft Network, and we're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering information. They have everything NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, future bets, tennis, golf, esports, in game betting, Vegas casino games. Check it out. Super easy to use website that's available for you on your desktop or your mobile device. And guess what? You sign up today, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. When you use our promo code BLEAVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, bet online, it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Whiskey Sour Day to you. Oh, we're going to celebrate this evening, huh? <laughs> Don't tease me with a good time. Nice little beverage there. Also National Burger Day. What else? I say all that. I brought that up because I need to know what Chris Schubert puts on a burger because I'm ready no, for him to disappoint once again. I had somebody DM me and was like, Chris needs to put all of his food takes on ice. Yeah. So it's funny, that they, it's funny that they say that because we're actually having a debate in the Takes on Takes channel of uh, the Discord about mushrooms right now. And I am very anti-mushroom. So, well, um, you're anti on a burger, so. On a burger, Joe, we have a nice... Uh, mushrooms are great on burgers. We have a nice mm-hmm. piece of cheese, pepper jack... Um, American, whatever kind, just single cheese color, on there. preferably. Yeah, just yeah, it's a slice of cheese. Um, give me some onion straws or a or a, or an onion ring. So any any kind of fried onion uh, thing on there, and then give me some barbecue sauce, maybe some Southwest Chipotle sauce on there, and then just put the two buns in there, and then we're good. Yeah, meat and cheese. Wants no no greens, cheese. no vegetables, no greens. No. no. I got to give he him credit. That was more burn. elaborate than I thought it was going to be. I don't want just a, a burger in between the two buns, Joe. I mean, you got to have some sort of flavor. Says the man who wants cheese pizza only. Uh, again, because a, a burger needs. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We already okay, derailed Chris, yesterday's Chris, show. I have, one, I, have one que- I have one question for you, Chris. What what preparation do you prefer for the meat of your burger? Oh, I'm a I'm a medium or a mid rare guy. Joe, do you approve? Yeah, it's fine. Oh, about 140 degrees, 135 degrees inside. You're good. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Can we not with the temperature though? Do you honestly like break out a ther- therm- yeah. thermometer? Yeah, for, for my change meat. my grilling. Yeah, I, for I'm my steaks I do. Guy. Yeah, for steaks I I will soft. bring out the the thermometer. 130, just, 130 yeah, on me, the dot for a steak. Yeah, 130, 132. Get that bad boy off. Let, mm-hmm. it, let it settle for a little bit. Yeah, that's great. Back in yeah, my I'm day, you just, meat you just put it on. And when it looked like it was done, it was done, and that was it. Hey, listen, I've, like I've had your grilling. It's working for you, man. I'm not as uh, I don't have the same feel as you. You know, some guys need to be on the golf course with a with a scope and a range to tell you how far the distances are. Some people just play with feel. You know what I mean? I'm not a feel guy. Well, I'm glad you mentioned feel because that's generally what we're talking about today on the show. We we did the TDM 100 that dropped this week, and obviously a lot of uh, 
great players recognized and, and good players that were left off of that list as well. And um, I want to talk about some of those players who either were on the bottom end of the list or were left off the list that uh, are probably names that you hear complimentary things of elsewhere across the space and kind of talk about the challenges that those players uh, presented for us in finding confidence in, in having them as a top 100 player on the ballot. So you could, of course, visit thedraftnetwork.com uh, and see the full TDM 100 list. Uh, but we are going to work our way through some names. And Joe, if I asked you who's somebody at the bottom of your ballot or you left off your ballot that you know there is some fanfare for, that you really mm. struggled with trying to come to terms with who they are as a player. What are some names that come to mind? And then we yeah. can kind of talk about why. The guy that I think the toughest summer evaluation that I had, it was Texas A&M wide receiver running back Anaya Smith. You know, he's, he's just a, he's just tough to project. I recognize the playmaking ability that he's shown at Texas A&M, but for kind of a, multifaceted running back wide receiver hybrid. You just kind of have questions about just how dynamic he is as an athlete. You have questions about, does he have a true position? I like the idea of just him going to a spread offense and just kind of tapping into some of that versatility and everything he brings to the table. But as I stacked my board, it became easier and easier for me to kind of keep pushing him down. And actually I think he, I think he wound up not being in my top 100. I do not believe he was on yeah, the he, top 100. So, so he's the definition of exactly started off there, but as I kept stacking names, I kept on pushing him down, and he's just kind of a confusing player. Been a few off-the-field things as well with him, uh, so I found him to be very challenging. Uh, Keith buying in big on Anaya Smith. Anaya says, Keith, a thank you for making sure he snuck in. He was our <laughs> 99th overall player, uh, but Keith dropped him in the top 64. That was the only – uh, scout on staff that put him in their top 100. How about a player that we continue to see a lot of fanfare for in a lot of different places? Uh, and, and Joe, you're the highest on the staff on this player, and that's Andre Carter, mm -hmm. the pass rusher from Army, who the physical stature is obviously very apparent, and there was a lot of really good production. He led the country in sacks last year and, and uh, very favorable pass rush efficiency metrics, but I do think there's a bit of a disconnect, or at least there was for me, between what the statistics and production tells you versus the ceiling and the floor and how vast the difference is on his reps on any given series, you know, from one play to the next. And and that for me was the the consistency and the, the voids between some of the high flashes that really challenged me to evaluate Andre Carter and want to go all the way in. Like you see a lot of people in this space that we have a lot of respect for mm -hmm. are willing to do right now. I'm just, I'm, I'm personally just not there yet. And I don't know how you feel, but I know he was a, a, a late list on, or late name on your list. Yeah. I would agree with you, Kyle, that he presented a lot of challenges um, just because you wonder about the functional strength, kind of a very rangy build, kind of a, just tall. He's really tall and kind of thin. And I remember watching him, and the name in my head was Max Crosby. And then I looked, and Max Crosby has sub 33 inch arms, and he's 6'5, 255, right? We're talking Andre Carter, probably 6'6 six, six plus, mm -hmm. maybe 6'7. Certainly a player that you think is going to have plus length. I don't have an arm length for him. And so I, I, 
that moved me off of the Max Crosby thing because I remember watching Max and seeing a, a guy that, you know, had play strength concerns, didn't see the power components at Eastern Michigan. Um, but then you just kind of gained an appreciation for his ability to just get around blocks, right? Like using the length, using some slipperiness to corner. And, and that's certainly been a big part of him at the next level, but he's also gotten stronger. I mean, you remember the the post-draft videos that the Raiders put out and you yeah. heard the conversation between Mike Mayock and Max Crosby. The first thing he said is, brother, we got to get you to the weight room, right? Like it was it was a pretty obvious thing when he fell to the fifth round or wherever he wound up getting drafted. Well, and, and that that's the thing too. He got drafted in the fifth round. Right. I, I'm right about that, right, Chris? If you could check that so we, we're not going to get bombarded with replies, Max Crosby, where he was drafted. Um, but... So that was the name still in my head, though, because I, I realized that the body types weren't as similar as maybe I thought. But I saw from Andre Carter a guy that just did a good job of using his length. And like we talk about how length can help increase your your radius of influence. And you saw that with Andre Carter. Like there were times where I was surprised he was able to get a hand on the quarterback because of that length. And then just kind of some slipperiness around blocks. So uh, there's some likable qualities here, but I think you can easily be very concerned about the lack of play strength and the translatability of how he's going to hold up as a true player in the trenches and exchanging power with tackles. So, yeah, definition of a, of a complicated evaluation at this point in the process. Uh, confirming Max Crosby draft in the fourth round. Fourth round. Okay. So right in the middle. Um. Andre Carter, by the way, 6056, 250 pounds are the latest to verified okay. measurables for okay. him. So the arm length is going to be the one thing. Like height and weight's going to be similar. The arm length, I, I think Carter might have another two inches on him, like realistically. If Crosby's 32 and seven eighths, I mean, Carter's probably another two inches. Well, let, let me ask you this too, because I, th- I think this is an important follow up to invoking the name Max Crosby. 91st percentile in 40-yard dash, 89th percentile in vertical jump, 90th percentile in broad jump, 96th percentile in his three-cone, 96th percentile in his short in his, 20, his short shuttle. I Insane. don't see that kind of functional athleticism no. with Andre Carter, right. do you? No, no, I would say the length and the slipperiness is where I found the similarities. But yeah, that's another thing that moved me off because I pulled up the mock, the mock draftable and I'm like, oh my God, this guy's a 90th percentile athlete across 90. the board. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. an insane athlete. So yeah. I don't know. Carter does that stuff. Maybe we can we can talk, but there's, you know, he's, he's is, challenging. Is, and and I'm, I'm pulled, obviously pulled up the mock draftable for uh, Max Crosby and a guy who's kind of comparable from a, a stature perspective, uh, but a little bit of a lesser athlete. And I still think this player's shuttles are probably more aggressive than what I would guess for Andre Carter. But what about like a Shalit Calhoun? Yeah, it's a good name. Good name. So uh, very, very challenging eval and a very interesting player. And obviously with, with his background and being at one of the service academies, like you want to see him do so well, right? But it's just to to place his name in the top twenty of a mock draft for me right yeah. now feels more aggressive than I'm personally willing to willing to buy in on. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, how about uh, how about this? I, I felt I thought three quarterbacks were hard. Um, Anthony Richardson, Florida. We've talked about him, but yeah. both Tyler Van Dyke, Miami, and, and Tanner McKee, Stanford, both players that were challenging um, to slot. 
different issues at this point in time. I, I watched Tyler Van Dyke from Miami and um, I, I gained an appreciation for the arm talent. I, I thought he had more mobility than I expected. Still a guy that in terms of processing and decision-making and all of that type of stuff is, is an area where you want to see growth. Um, and then Tanner McKee just, I don't know if he's going to be for me, just kind of a tall pocket passer, big time arm talent. USC game was great, but like I, I worry about the ability to function when things aren't on schedule and what does he offer me outside of structure. And so not that I want to sit here and just break down both players, but personally those were both challenging guys to slot because I see, I see the appeal. I see where both guys can really um, do a lot for themselves this year, but preseason stacking them was was challenging uh 13 quarterbacks invoking at least one vote for TM oh my god it. that's a great stat are you kidding me say that again 13 13 13 quarterbacks invoked at least wow. one vote that's like TM more order. than gets that's more than gets drafted on average on a now yearly here's basis. the thing seven of them actually made it and you, you mentioned anthony richardson who got slotted 37th tanner mckee who got slotted 45th and Tyler Van Dyke who got slotted 47th. That is your entire tier two, right? We got Stroud, Young, and Levis, all top 15 players right now. Mm -hmm. Then you got to wait till 37 through 47 for your tier two players. Jerkovich kind of alone in tier three is like a bottom 20 player in TDM 100. And then you had uh, Spencer Rattler actually receive votes from 60% of the staff. Wow. You received 86th from Joe Marino, 87th from Keith Sanchez, Damian Parson, uh, 97th. Jeff Sims was placed 71st by Keith Sanchez. Hendon Hooker, 82nd by Joe Marino. Jake Hayner was 93rd by Damian Parson. Jaron Hall was 98th by Keith Sanchez. And, 90, uh, and Cam Ward from Washington State, 99th by Kyle Krabs. That's 13 insane. total quarterbacks. Love that. You guys got to check out this Sonos Ray soundbar. It is phenomenal. Football season is right here. You want to have the best living room experience possible for the NFL season, make sure you have the Sonos Ray soundbar. It's great for football, movies, podcasts, right? You can play draft dudes through it or the talent factor or draft good players or commanding the huddle or all the TDN, TDN Daily. Daily. So many great friggin' pro podcasts now as part of the Draft Network. You can check out music. It's booming, precisely balanced bass, super crisp highs, super easy to set up. You just plug it in, download the Sonos app. That'll get you going. And then, of course, you can use your own remote for control. I even figured it out. See what the hype is about. Get the Sonos Ray speaker and check out more over at Sonos.com. Hey, hey, Chris. Hey, hey, Kyle. Let me ask you a question. Sure. What are all the TDN audio and video shows that we have now? Just because we, we haven't really talked about that on the podcast, and I think sure. there might be some opportunity for people to kind of find out that they're missing out on some fun stuff. Got a lot of stuff. You got uh, TDN Daily every day, Carmen Vitale. You have Draft Good Players twice a week. Jamie on the Monday, Keith and um, our guy Ray on the Thursday, Wednesday slash Thursday episodes of the show. Um, we have Commanding the Huddle, which is Ryan Fowler talking about the Washington Commanders. We have the Talent Factor podcast, Damian and Keith talking college football. That's about to go to twice a week. I, I think that's it. Ooh. I think that's everything. 
Draft dudes. Well, our show, if you're listening to the show, you know about Draft Dudes. Right, but we have to acknowledge it. And then also uh, the TDM football show on YouTube. That's right. That's right. The TDM you did not. You did not mention with with Christopher mention. Schubert. That's right. That's my my thing that I do Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Yes, lots of stuff to watch on your TV, your podcast feeds, all sorts of good, great stuff. So, just kind of thinking about what we talked about, Kyle. You said thirteen quarterbacks received yes. at least one vote for being on the TDN one hundred. Saw a, uh, a tweet this morning from Jim Nagy, director of the Senior Bowl, and this kind of really ties into that. He said, last year at this time, there were probably 8 to 12 quarterbacks with a realistic chance of getting a Senior Bowl invite. This year, that number is more like 18 to 22. That's awesome. More guys with mid-round fourth through sixth round grades who could elevate in their final season like Joe, Mur- Joe Burrow, Mac Jones, and Kenny Pickett. This is the continued domino effect of the COVID eligibility bonus, right? Like, I think we'll see it next year, too. And then most of those players will have worked their way through the system. And um, you'll you'll be back to kind of underclassmen heavy with, with kind of what you perceive to be the top of the draft. But, like, NFL teams got to be licking their chops <laughs> on players effectively getting an extra free year of player development at the college level. And players who might have slipped through the cracks because they weren't quite ready and – Everybody is on their own unique developmental curve and mm-hmm. getting that extra year. And you see players kind of, especially mid round players, you better be stockpiling picks in that area of the draft for the next two years. Yes, Chris. Uh, Jim also replied to somebody else's tweet at him with a statistic that I didn't know that I find fascinating now that I've seen it. Seven straight years, the Senior Bowl has put a first round quarterback into the draft. Wow. So Some basically, years multiple. Some years we'll multiple, but it, but at out. least one in seven straight years. Wow! So when you when we go to the Senior Bowl and we go to Mobile next year, there's a first round quarterback there. That, that's that's the way it's gone. So what's what's interesting, kind of just building off of this conversation, is we we thought last year was such an oddity with the quarterbacks and likable quarterbacks that you know they just didn't get drafted nearly as high as we've seen in years past. And I know we have a lot to learn about the 2022 quarterback class. But seeing the way Kenny Pickett's played in preseason and Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter and Skylar Thompson, right? Like there has been some really good quarterback play that exceeded what the draft positioning of these players would have told us. And I I really... I really wonder about this domino effect that we we've started to, you know, you kind of mentioned the COVID year and we're trying to reconcile the way the NFL treated last year's class and applying that lens through how we look at this year's class. And it's just interesting. I agree. It's, um, I, I think you'll see an overreaction, Right. Of course. Now, now, what's what's also weird too, and, and not to turn this into a yeah. a quarterback manifesto here at the end of the show, but because um, I do want to talk about Brandon Joseph, the safety from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to think that the surplus supply of high end quarterbacks that were available 
that were pre-existing established NFL talents had some level of influence on this too, right? I think it's really fair. Yeah. You've had this, you've had several draft classes with five quarterbacks going in the first round in the last few years. You have Russell Wilson that is available for trade and is acquired. And that was a team that had a top 10 pick. You had the Cleveland Browns uh, trade for Deshaun Watson. And that took another team out of the quarterback market. And then you were replacing those players with players who were into the quarterback pool, who were top 50 picks within the last four years, Baker Mayfield and Drew Locke and other teams moving on from other, like, I don't know. I just feel like there's, there's such a demand for elite quarterbacks, but generally speaking, like, okay, two, two teams feel as though they acquired an elite player at that position, but the domino effect and the young talent that we've seen come through in the last couple of years has, has, kind of taken some of the urgency out of like Jimmy Garoppolo still hanging around, like mm-hmm. yet to be acquired Baker Mayfield available former number one overall pick. Like I just think those things really exacerbated and compounded this issue as well to go along with two teams that were in the top 15 uh, acquiring a quarterback and kind of removing kind of that frantic scramble to not get left behind. Good way to put it. Brandon Joseph. Well, yeah. Interesting player. Uh, interesting player is a good way to put it. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that this is a player who will thrive uh, defensively. I believe Al Golden is now the DC in Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman uh, moving up uh, to, to take the head coaching job. And you have Brandon Joseph transferring over from Northwestern. Uh, they, they play a lot of zone coverages they play a lot of middle of the field open and you see the the ball skills that he has that really pop and it's very easy to buy in but I did think he was a step slower than what he was his freshman year which he he played a little bit more down in the slot and played some some man-to-man and uh, took some of those roles uh and ran with him and performed very well and then you're seeing him in the open field this year and losing angles and then you're you're seeing him in opportunities to serve as the last line of defense as a tackler in the run game or after the catch. And it didn't go particularly well. So like nobody right now has Brandon Joseph as a top 64 player on their ballot, but he checked in 75th overall. And I think we would all acknowledge with the past defending skills and the ball skills, this is a player who could very easily uh, move the needle for a team and be, have a team very interested, but, in him early in the draft, but there's just some, some blank spaces in his resume right now that I really had a hard time quantifying and measuring against uh, the, the, the cons in his game too. I was excited to get to his, ta- his tape this summer. Uh, Cause obviously I had such a great impression of him coming out of that. Was Absolutely. It like a, was it a true freshman season it at Northwestern? Red shirt, red shirt, something. Season. I mean, you just yeah. well, you're like, wow, these ball skills are, are tremendous. This is a really good player in coverage, and so I knew things didn't go quite as well for him last season, but I wanted to see it for myself, and so I finally got a chance to do that a few weeks ago. And I think my overarching thought was that I'm really happy that he still showcased himself very well in coverage. 
I think, you know, the ball production wasn't quite as good, still really good, still made impact plays in the ball, still was, a, a, I thought, a really good processor, a good anticipatory player, just very natural in coverage. I liked that. I liked that that was still there. It just felt like he just lost his way as a run defender and as a tackler, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I almost wonder, you wonder about the dynamics, you wonder about um, coming out of that season with all the hype, right? I mean, everybody's talking about him as this really dynamic safety. You're seeing him in the first round of mocks. Maybe he went into self-preservation mode a little bit, right? That That's certainly a possibility. And now he's going to be at Notre Dame, and, and I think maybe that could uh, – ignite him a little bit playing for coach Freeman and, and the expectations you've seen that like Notre Dame's had some safeties come through. Those guys play downhill and tackle man, Aloe Gilman and, and you know guys like that. So I think he's in a good spot to somewhat reinvent himself as a player, but man, the coverage stuff is still really, really, really friggin' good. And, and so that was my big point of encouragement with him. And you know, a name that I was thinking about when stacking the board, I'm always thinking about names, right? It was Andre Cisco from Syracuse, and I, I don't know that they're exactly the same types of players, but a lot of ball production. Uh, Cisco, I think, is probably more dynamic in terms of size and athleticism. Yeah, but I think Brandon Joseph is just a, probably a smarter player, right? Just a more consistent player in terms of processing. And so, I don't know, I feel like ball production gets you to a certain status. Coverage instincts get you to a certain status, like a floor as a prospect. And I, and I like what Joseph has shown in that regard to kind of set that floor. Now show us that you can play forward and tackle and, and you're going to be right back into the top of this safety uh, class conversation. Hey, you know, another name who he kind of uh, reminded me of maybe, maybe not so much, eh, maybe from a, a body type perspective, but um thought there was a little bit of Jesse Bates in him too. When you think about Jesse Bates coming out of Wake Forest, Young guy, good ball skills, but you know, kind of needing to put it all together. And then you, you look at at what Jesse's done as a tackler, and and he was strong when he first came in. Had a couple years of regression. He tackled well last year, uh, but the ball skills were so apparent. And, and I think Jesse Bates is another name that when you talk about Brandon Jones, and Jesse Bates got drafted so, uh, third round, second round, fifty fourth overall. So um, I think that that's if Brandon can kind of reconnect the dots, I would not be surprised if that was kind of the range. And that would generally be my expectation for Jesse Bates. Maybe not necessarily. Yeah. Go on, be second team all pro at one point (laughs) in your first three years, but to have the kind of impact that Jesse's had would not surprise me with Brandon, just based on you, you mentioned the football intelligence that he has. Another quick name, Jairus Bird. Out of Oregon, Bills. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, kind of, kind of like the perfect name, right? Like you're feeling that ball production, questionable physical profile, tackling was suspect. Got better as a tackler in the NFL, like I, that type of thing. And I think anybody would sign up for that in the second round. Okay, well, we have uh, takes on takes tomorrow here on the show. Hope you guys are looking forward to it. We certainly are as well. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, the Draft Dudes. Thanks to our friends over at Online for their continued support of the show. We hope you guys have a great rest of your Thursday. We will talk with you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com. Or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.